it's almost unfair to have the patron saint we do, St. John Paul II, because all of his homilies, everything he wrote is all online. So whenever there's a feast day, I can just Google Holy Family, John Paul II. And this is what I found from his first homily as Pope. Um, it is actually cheating, but I love it. But what's beautiful is that our, our patron really does look out for us. In his first homily as Pope on the Feast of the Holy Family, he wanted to bring to mind this idea of what we actually do know about the Holy Family. He said, the family of Nazareth, which the church, especially in today's liturgy, puts before the eyes of all families, really constitutes that culminating point of reference for the holiness of every human family. The history of this family is described very concisely in the pages of the gospel. We get to know only a few events in its life. However, what we learn is sufficient to be able to involve the fundamental moments in the life of every family and to show that dimension to which all men who live a family life are called, fathers, mothers, parents, children. I love that. I love that St. John Paul II points out that we really don't know that much about the life of the Holy Family. We get just a few events. We know about Joseph and Mary going to Bethlehem where our Lord is born. We know about the presentation. We know about the flight to Egypt. We know about the finding in the temple. Just some moments. But if you think about it, that's how we characterize our own families, though, too. So many ways, or what memories we hold on to, what moments. I was reminded of that at Christmas as this is the time of the year, of course, when those family moments can come to the surface. And I had not realized it or remembered it, which is bad. I'm not a very good family member. But my dad would always give my brother and I like a summer sausage or hard salami or something. So I got a package of three hard salamis this year, which is great. I mean, the Strobels love, love delicious meats. But he reminded us, he said, now, you guys know why you get these, right? And, of course, I, I was not humble. I just nodded along like I knew, and I didn't know. And he said, well, because my grandmother, your great-grandmother, sent my dad's father, my grandfather, a hard salami when he was serving in World War II, and he was in the European theater on Christmas. So since dad got a hard salami, or grandpa got a hard salami when he was serving our country, now his the grandsons get some hard salami. It's like, okay, that's awesome. And it's delicious, so I love that tradition. But it's funny which moments stand out. Because some of the moments that stand out to us are really difficult moments from family life. And this feast is a chance, as St. John Paul II reminds us, to bring all of family life to these moments of the holy family. And we do need to be before the holy family. And I know that's not always easy, especially when it comes to coming to Mass. Um, it's so funny, you know, as a priest, um, I'm like a walking conscience for people. They just like spout out their sins when I come in and see them. I'm like, oh, Father, sorry, we haven't been in for so long or whatever. But just believe me, I'm just so grateful you're here, especially if you got little kids. So a dad shared online this week, and I actually saw him at the last Mass. I asked if I embarrassed him too much. He said no. <laughs> he shared, he tagged me. He said, at Christmas Mass this week, the family was here just like all of us, and during the consecration, the words of institution, as I'm saying those most holy words, his little guy yells out, stop talking, Father Andrew. <laughs> he had reached his limit. Now, Grandma commented on the post online and said, that's just because you weren't talking to him. He's very, 
very appreciative of any attention. But, you know, that's one thing I'm so grateful for is the witness of all of our families who make coming before the sacred mysteries a priority. Because they're a witness to all of us. You are a witness to all of us. And never feel bad if especially little kids make noise or cry or whatever. That's not interrupting our silence. I mean, yeah, people think it does, but it really doesn't. That would be like getting upset with birds chirping, interrupting the silence of nature. It is such a beautiful testimony to the goodness of God. But unfortunately, as we see in the gospel today, even though we know Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace, he's supposed to bring peace, it didn't happen in the way we were expecting or wanting or even still longing for but that the peace Jesus does provide is the opportunity to live as one with him in the Holy Family. We see that in our gospel passage today as one of these moments of the Holy Family that we're invited into. And in a world that's so hurting right now, and really it's hurting because of identity politics in one way, like this whole question of who am I? We come up with some ridiculous answers. The Feast of the Holy Family is a reminder that who we are is defined by God first. And who we are was shown to us by the God who took on human flesh and was born into the heart of a family. God became a child so that we would know what it means to be a child of the Heavenly Father. And Jesus Christ, this little child that Joseph and Mary got to hold, shows us our identity. That's the only identity politics we need is the politics of the kingdom of heaven that truly who we are is our children of God, embraced by a loving Father and the Holy Spirit, that we have a blessed mother and we have all the saints as our brothers and sisters. That's who we are. But sometimes it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. There's still suffering and there's still hurts. I was reminded of that in one of the images I saw of the nativity. I, I just love, I don't know, I love feast days and I love all the art that's associated with different mysteries of our faith and like the birth of Jesus Christ. I found a great one where Mary was reading this book as Joseph got in his snuggles with the little baby Jesus, right? But one of the, my favorites too that I found this year was Jesus in the lap of the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph right there with them and him holding just a little cross. Because as joyous as this time of year is, we have to remember the cross is always present. And if we forget that, we just need to look at what happens in the gospel today. And then even the feast that we just celebrated. What happens in the gospel today is that Joseph is a new father. He obeyed the angel and took Mary in as his wife. And he named this child Jesus. He is truly his own now. And it, could you imagine this, right? Like, that's one of the blessings I get as a priest. I get to go meet new babies, like brand new babies, like day-old babies, and we come so small. It's so awesome. But imagine Joseph holding his little son, and then that night having a dream. You gotta go. You have to go to Egypt and escape Herod, who wants to destroy your child. Immediately, the peace of the Holy Family is under attack. And Joseph, thanks be to God, listens to this angel again, and he goes. And he takes Mary and little Jesus, and they do escape. They have to go to a foreign land. But we shouldn't be surprised that the coming of Jesus Christ brings resistance to the kingdom of God. That's what we actually celebrate immediately in the feast after Christmas. December 25th, celebration of the nativity of Jesus Christ. 
born our Savior. Thanks be to God. So full of joy. But then December 26th, the feast of St. Stephen, the first martyr, a deacon stoned to death because he was a martyr in will. He was conformed to Jesus Christ, but he was also a martyr in deed. He lost his life for our Lord because he wouldn't deny Jesus. And then the next day, December 27th, the feast of St. John the Evangelist, one of the gospel writers. He was a martyr in will, but not deed. In will because he conformed his life to Jesus Christ, especially there at the cross. He was the only apostle present, but he didn't die in deed, for he didn't die a martyr's death. But then yesterday, December 28th, we had the celebration of the Holy Innocents. Martyrs not in will because they were not at the age of reason yet, but martyrs in deed because their lives were taken. We have to remember that the celebration of Christmas is not quaint. <laughs> it is deathly serious. For Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And he came to cast out the darkness. And that's what we celebrate today is that he shows us his light in the context of a family. And sometimes it's so hard because we have the, our own wounds in family life and our different relationships within a family. But that's why we need to try really hard, as St. John Paul II said, to take seriously these events, these moments in the life of the Holy Family, and to see what family is supposed to look like, who we truly are in the arms of our Heavenly Father. And that's why I want to just finish here pointing to St. Paul, what we just heard from him in his letter to the Colossians. Now, when you hear these words, they might sound like just nice platitudes, that, yeah, wouldn't this be nice to experience this? When he says, put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If one has a grievance against another, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also do. And over all these, put on love. That is the bond of perfection. That bond of perfection when we put on love, when we choose love, is the experience of what it's like to be in the family of God, to be united with the Father and the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ, to be one with Jesus Christ, loved by Mary and St. Joseph. Now I want you to imagine now the Holy Family and whatever event sticks out to you, whether it be the birth of Jesus, the flight into Egypt, the presentation, the finding in the temple, and now listen to these words and look at what it looks like to live these out in the heart of the Holy Family. Put on God's, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If one has a grievance against another, as the Lord has forgiven you, so must you also do. And over all these put on love. That is the bond of perfection. May our celebration of Christmas, may our celebration of the Holy Family renew all of our hearts. And may we choose to put on love the bond of perfection.